0: everybody. It's Axel Villamil at 24 Shades of Blue. We're here with Rob Johnson, who's the superintendent, uh, Toronto Police Service. How are you doing, Rob?
1: Very good. Thank you so much.
0: So uh, how's everything been for you?
1: Very good. It's a, a challenging time managing through this pandemic, but, uh, you know, we're, we're doing okay. Thank you.
0: That's great. Um, I saw that you've been in the service for 30 years. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've seen a lot. I'm sure you've dealt with a lot. I would like to, uh, to ask you, you know, how has things changed, I guess, from, uh, I mean, overall from a, a department aspect of how you're handling, I guess, the mental health aspect of a lot of people, as well as, I mean, all the changes with COVID. How has things totally flipped around or have things stayed the same? I'm not entirely sure. So I'd like to ask you that.
1: So, you know, it's funny when you, when you say that, I have to kind of think to myself, what are the milestones? And depending on where one sits in the organization, different rank, uh, you know, different places you work. Uh, as well as the world around you sort of evolving, you, you know, there's it, it a, a number of ways to kind of answer that. I, I think at its core, you know, policing, when I started in the, in the late 80s, was more about reacting to things as opposed to being proactive. And there, was, there has been a, a continuous shift uh, since the early 90s to be more proactive with respect to how we uh, involve ourselves and, and problem-solve with the community. So that's probably one of the big uh, aspects. The other part is I think we're uh, more thoughtful on, uh, our human resource side, not only in terms of member wellness, but uh, uh, to speak to the mental health aspect that you had mentioned, but also in how we recruit, um, uh, you know, and seek uh, uh, people to to come and work in our organization. And and I think, uh, you know, that, that in itself leads to progressive change with a whole host of different things. Uh, the area of technology, how we're doing this thing now. I mean, 30 years ago, we had typewriters uh, and, uh, you know, the rotary phones had just gone out of the divisions when I got there, so you know now we're doing things electronically like this uh, with smartphones, all that kind of stuff. So technology has, has fueled, uh, you know, the the uh, the innovation, uh, the, you know, that, that we're seeing right now. And and um, you know, the other component of this that can't be forgotten is, is relationships with community. I mean, I I, uh, I look back to 30 years ago, and I don't recall ever, you know, obviously a community community has always played a huge role in what. it what it is that we do. I mean, that's why we're here. But uh, we never really consulted with the with community. If we did, it was about telling them what we thought they need, they needed or or what we thought, um, you know, was going to solve whatever issue they had. And, and that's been turned on its head the other way, which is, you know, uh, obviously the, the better way to do it. Uh, partner with us and, and help us solve problems.
0: Absolutely. I feel like the conversation... Is what I'm noticing a lot is, you know, from the public side is that you're more vocal to, to talking to the community and everything. I wonder on your end, are you seeing the community talking back more as well? Like, do you think it's a, the relationship is equal now?
1: Um, so when you say equal, I mean, it depends, again, where you sit. Obviously, um, you know, different communities feel that they have uh, different levels of access. And, and equality is something that, you know, I think is, is individual, not only people, but, but communities. And I think, you know, we can always strive to do better. But um uh, you know, through technology and, and people savvy with with uh, information and wanting access to information, uh, the they community is certainly more engaged. Um, you know, before it would be, uh, you, you know, this is uh, what what it is, we'll tell you, and, and there's, you know, very little follow-up. Now it's uh, there's continuous questions around, you know, tell us why or why do you do it this way? And, and uh, you know, there's more depth to the, the questions that are asked to, to explain Uh, what it is that we do and you know I think we struggle for years on on being put in that position because you know we come to work and we believe we're doing well for the community and are uh, you know with all best intentions not realizing another perspective like why would you question the police Uh, we're here to help you that you shouldn't question us to the point where no you have every right to question us and we have to find the answer in that exercise uh, you know we certainly the police I think get better at what it is that we do in connecting with community.
0: Absolutely, and you know, I, I I absolutely agree with that because I think that's these questions haven't been asked, and I think that's why there hasn't been that development, you know, from both parties, you know, and and I think it, it's so important that I love that, that the service is doing that, accepting those questions and working hard to you know further work on those aspects that people are questioning about. Um, and I mean, back to your title, superintendent, you have a huge, huge, huge important task, uh, which is you know, fulfilling, you know, and, and working on those 81 requests from the city. And I, I would love to know, you know, how are you feeling, you know, with those requests, you know, from the people? Um, how is the force feeling about all of them? Are are you, are you ready? Do you think it's possible?
1: I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm excited because, you know, uh, um, we, we can't be stagnant and there's nothing wrong with always looking at how we can do things better. And I think, you know, certainly at the, the, the chief of the command level, senior officer level in the organization, we're used to kind of being uh, adaptive to, to that. Uh, the men and women who are on the front lines, sometimes I can see, uh, you know, the, the frustration because they don't have the full conversation around why we're doing these things. And that's part of our job. That's part of my job as a senior officer in the organization to have that communication, um, to fill in those blanks for the men and women that actually have to physically go and, and make some of those hard changes in, in, in some instances. But, you know, the 81 recommendations are, are uh, it's a chance for us to um, not reinvent, but look at, at ways of strengthening partnerships, uh, look look at ways of responding to um, uh, community concerns in, in a more comprehensive sort of wraparound way, as opposed to radio call for this, we attend, we take a report and we move to the next one, right? And, and I know it's not that simplistic, but, you know, um, these these, these uh, reform recommendations allow us to sort of look at ways that maybe we can um, partner with people to do things in a different way that will we'll have a, a better outcome, uh, obviously, as well as, um, you know, maybe prevent some of the, the, the problematic um, issues that the community faces. So I, I'm encouraged by them. I think we can never s- uh, stop and, and be stagnant in, in what it is we do, um, because then you get complacent, right, and and, and uh, you, you miss opportunities to, to work to work together to solve issues that, that, uh, you know, everybody wants, uh, wants to be dealt with.
0: That's exactly it. And, you know, I, I really love that, that point where I think it's the difference, what I'm seeing, and at least from what I'm hearing from you is more of a proactiveness of trying to work on what you can do to prevent, you know, anything else to come. And, uh, you know, I had another conversation back with, um, Dan Ramos, uh, the crime preventative, uh, coordinator. Um, and, you know, we're talking about humanization, of, of police officers um, obviously police officers are human you know they're people that are there's good people and there's bad people and uh, we obviously understand that and i I think I want to talk more on the humanizing aspect you know what what are we missing from the public you know what are we not seeing enough that we don't think in that realm you know where we we I think a lot of us are putting the title unfortunately as you know to serve and protect and these are the people that take care of us and that's it but we, we forget about that you know you suffer too um and you deal with things every day, not just on your job but outside of the job. so I, w- I want to talk about w- what is it that we're missing?
1: so you know i don't I don't know necessarily if the public are missing anything I mean you could you could turn that around and see what, what are the police missing or right? you know why is it that uh, that sometimes we don't see things the same way we 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 deal with things you know uh, based on our uh, insight and our perspective and I think that's no different from anywhere else. The difference is obviously you know police are entrusted with an extreme amount of uh, authority and, and power to impact people's lives. And you, you know it's funny you start out um, in, in this uh, profession and you know things are new and coming at you and, and you still have uh, I think real connection to community. And what we're encouraging now uh, more so than ever before is to maintain those those connections so that you, you, you don't forget the perspective that you had before you, be, you became a police officer. But what I think some of us um, uh, uh, lose or forget that okay this is a, a uniform that I put on. Um, and, and it's just a shirt to me. Right. It, I know it, it holds more than that. But what I have to remind myself, what our folks have to remind ourselves is, is this carries a certain amount of stigma in, in some communities. Right. And so we have to adjust ourselves to be able to um, to adapt to that, uh, um, you, you know, that, that piece of it. When you say to be more sort of uh, humanizing, I mean, we're paramil- paramil- uh, paramilitaristic um, you know, you look at our equipment, all this other kind of stuff. It, it's it's odd for people because it's not it's not their world, and all they see is maybe, you know, uh, the outcomes when we're involved in things. So, you know, I, I see it as a two-way street. We have to be able to be more flexible and allow ourselves and encourage questions and and uh, you know you to be seen as, as people. But at the end of the day, because of what it is that we're entrusted to, uh, to do, it it, it um, you know it, it can be problematic for some people, and 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 I'm not sure if, if I would um, agree that I think you know the public needs to uh, needs to see or it has to change to see us differently. I think we have to be able to uh, bring ourselves to to see the public's perspective. I, it's a little bit of a nuance, but um, you know, I uh, part of that is um, you know you look at our social media platforms for most of our offices now and, and the way we're engaging uh, different communities. I think there there is a real um, you know, there's a real push uh, for, for us to, to engage in different ways with, with the community. And I think it has to really start, start with the police. So, um, you know, at the base of all that, having said all that, I think it's just it's just two-way communication. It, it's making no, sure you know, we, that we um, truly believe, and I say we do, but uh, again, you know, perception is 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 people's reality, that that we treat people as equals. That, you know, everybody has a seat at the table, no matter what you're wearing, no matter where you sit. In society, of whatever uh, measurement you want to use, that you know everybody um, has a right to be heard and, and, and to be part of the conversation. So that communicative piece, I think, humanizes everybody. But, uh, I, you know, when I watched Chief Kramer's uh, interview with you guys, and it was something that I believe. I didn't have it as eloquent as, as he did. He he commented on um, a phrase that somebody had told him years ago, and it was basically, you know, if you know somebody's story or you know who they are, it's a little harder to ignore them. And and that concept, I think speaks to this humanizing piece you have to get to know people you know listen speak to uh, to people as equals right and 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 that's where uh, the humanizing starts and that's where you know the, the real partnerships uh,
0: begin oh no, absolutely I, I i love that you actually flipped that around on me because you're right you know it it is a two way it's an absolute two way streak on on not just you know the public trying to get to know things. Uh, it's, it's also that the police needs to do that as well. Um Because, you know, at least from my perspective, I don't, nobody, nobody wants to, to, to not have a relationship with relationship with the service at all. You know, we, we do, right? You know, we're, we're, we're here because, you know, we're all a community. And I, I think that's the main thing that uh, a lot of us tend to forget is that we have to work together you know to to survive together and especially in these these very interesting times in covid i'm i'm sure you're dealing with with more than you've seen ever um now i, I would love to like step into the covid world for a second is is how are you dealing with with um covid in the force as well i understand that you actually had, had to handle some cases how did that look like uh when you were working there
1: so uh before getting reassigned to the strategy management office i was in charge of 14 division which is in Toronto, sort of the, the, the downtown, sort of west side of the city, Parkdale, where the c is, where uh, Ontario plays, uh, you know, that area of, of the city. And there's a rather large uh, division that has some diverse needs. Um, you know, and I say that just to say it's a great place to work because it's it's, it's a smorgasbord, there's everything there. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it's a very unique place. Every division is unique, you know, they're, they're all different. But um, early early on in the pandemic, i uh say uh, early April, uh, there were four officers from 14 Division that uh, uh, that got infected by COVID, and trying to manage the workplace around this pandemic and you know all those issues that everybody uh, w- you know were were um, you know were concerned about. And you know, police officers have to show up to work; they have to be there, and, and you know, to manage the workplace through that um, was it was a was a challenge because you know information was coming in sporadically and, and you know, we, I don't think um, nationally or even globally, we really had a, a full understanding of that early onset. So we had to adjust accordingly and, and I'll tell you what really, um, it didn't surprise me, but you know, it's just one of those things that you go, hey, I picked the right job. Folks came to work and they, they battled through it, um, they followed the protocols, they did what they were asked, they still showed up to, to do their job because they, you know, they realized that uh, uh, you know when the public calls, they have to be there. In the back of their mind, they you know they have families, they have kids, they have extended families we have health issues, all those things. So they had to manage their personal life to make sure that they were available to be at work. And uh, uh, so it was interesting. Uh, you know, one of the good things uh, uh, for for us was around those four, first four officers was the fact that um, you know when they came back to work to see that you can you know if you're relatively fit, all those kind of things, you'll be okay. So it, it in a in a strange way, early on, it it, it kind of deflated. Um, the anxiety at the station, because, you know, now they they actually know somebody who got it. Um, yeah. you We've know, kind of worked through it, right? But, um, you know, organizationally, we, we had equipment to make sure members were protected. We had proper protocols in place and, and all those other kind of things. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things where we had issues that consumed our day, uh, you know, in January, February. And all of a sudden now we have to shift, with the pivot and, and deal with the pandemic upon, upon everything else. Just like everybody else. I mean, everybody's managing this. And it's just you know it's just what what I think we do as humans we just adapt um, to to the given situation so it was it was challenging uh, and it, it, it is still challenging I mean I, I everywhere you go you gotta you gotta put a mask on and it's not the easiest thing I wear glasses most of the time and they fog
0: up you know all
1: that kind of stuff right but we we have the ability through the electronic format like this to be able to conduct meetings and still interact with people but um, uh, it's still not the same as face to face I mean you you lose some of that. Uh, you know, that, that body language that that, that I, I think we need when we interact with folks. But, um, you know, we, we've done fairly well. Organizationally, we've done fairly well. We've got a full team of people that are looking out for, you know, the wellness of our folks because, you know, at the end of the day, if, if somebody calls the police, we have to have folks available there to, to answer that call, right? So um very proud of of this organization and, and the profession. I think, you know, you look right across the country, the folks are, are are doing this day in, day out uh, because it, it, it's, it's who they are.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, 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 you know, I, I, um, I think everybody right now is is really working hard to thrive and survive in this pandemic and this climate that we're in, um, especially what I see organizations doing. You have to flip the entire script on a 180 and and do what you need to do and work fast, because not only do you have lives in your hands, you know, you have a ton of other employees that need to follow suit and, and work with that. So I, it must have been quite a, a challenging time. And so, you know, going back to that 14th when you're leading that, you know, had covid you also had the george floyd protests and everything that went on how was that atmosphere you know in those protests like how how was your team dealing with it how was that situation uh for you
1: you know so again there's another twist to this we do, we just start through covid and then we have those uh those terrible things that happen south of the border that become the the you know that that helps to inform the narrative here north north of uh uh, you know uh, uh, farther north and, and obviously you know cities our whole country was impacted by those incidents down south and you know um, uh, to be totally frank we have we have issues up here as well that, that, that we were always dealing with uh, um, you know despite what, what the uh, experience was it was uh, down south so trying to manage those things you know the, the right to the, for the public to be able to to voice their concerns to, to protest and those things in an environment where you have a pandemic um, you know, it it it, it, w- it was a struggle, but uh, you know, overwhelmingly, um, I can tell you, and I'm so proud of this, this city. Uh, no windows were smashed. There was no damage. People uh, were concerned. They were angry. They were upset. They had every right to, um, you know, and and but but they did it properly, you know. And I I think uh, you know their voices were heard. There's things that uh, that are changing as a result. These 81 recommendations that our services board. Um, uh, came up with our direct result of, of, you know, the, the public's voice on, on these, uh, on these issues around uh, policing in our communities. So, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it, 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 helps us to, to get better. Like I said earlier, I mean, we, you know, you, we don't say tomorrow, you know, we hope that there's something else that's challenging and comes along because we're going to get better for it. We just want when it, when to it tell us we, we managed through it. And I think when you look through it, the other end of the, of the tunnel that, you, Hey, you know, we, we did it. We came through it. Um, Little, uh, scars for everybody, maybe, but uh, generally, you know, we're, we're better off for it. So, um, you know, it it, it it was a tough time. It still is a tough time because these are these are concerns in, in I think the majority of members' minds. Uh, you know, they don't want they don't want to go to work and be hated by the public. They don't want to go to work and and cause harm to anybody. They want they want to do, um, you know, do good for people, right? And so when when there's concern around conduct and all these things. Um, that are, you know, are, are valid, depending on the perspective you, you sit in, uh, members have to struggle through that, right? And, and they have to um, not take it personal. Uh, you have to sort of step back and say, okay, it's, you know, it could be this patch or it could be the profession that people are upset with. And, and yeah. you know, there are concerns. But the problem is, you know, you can't paint paint everybody with the same brush, but you can't also ignore the color of the paint, you know, to kind of, if that analogy sort of fits. So, um, you know, I think we've been very good at, at, at engaging in those conversations. Um, you know, we had a number of protests early on that uh, Stacy Clark and myself, Stacy was the inspector 14 at the time, um, decided to participate in because we wanted to be there, A, to support our members, to say, listen, you know, we could sit in our office and watch it, um, but we wanted to be there to, to support our members, but more importantly, uh, so that the community could see us. We're direct representatives of, of the command and the chief, um, you know, and, and we want to be out there interacting with the public as well. And, and it was important for both of us to go uh, you know, to see and and feel uh, what was out there. And, and what that uh, started for us was the ability to then, you know, go back and and, and go on parades and have discussions with the men and women that uh, that are out there every day and, and, and discuss some of the concerns they have, right? I mean, they're members of the community as well. So when they take that uniform off, they have the same conversations that you would have with your family or, or anybody else would, um, you know, maybe with a little bit different lens. And sometimes, uh, you know, it, it's hard to kind of weed through that stuff. So they would also come and have questions of us you know we we, we are the, uh, the unit commanders of the division and and sort of set the direction um, you know and we're representatives of our, our chief in command as well so being involved in that was um, was very uplifting because again I, like i said i was so proud of the public uh, valid concerns they were able to voice it in, in uh in, you know in a, in a way that i think um, most people heard and um, uh, caused them some change but uh, again did it you know in a, in a, in a proper
0: way Of course. You know, I I think I I really love what you just said about not taking it personally. I think that's, that's the thing that actually really spoke to me just now is it's it's humbling actually to hear that, you know, you're humble enough. uh, You know, obviously, like you said, not everybody can be painted with the same brush, but I'm just talking about you. You're humble enough to say that is that you can't take things like that personally. You have to look back and reflect on what's the job, what are we doing for the community and things like that. So, you know, I, I. I myself, as a POC, is, is, that's huge to, to hear that's coming, um, you know, from the organization. You brought up Stacey Clark, uh, and I read some amazing things about her. Um, black woman, highest in her rank, police officer as well. Also a very, you know, close colleague of yours. And I would like to talk about this tweet you wrote uh, on June 7th, 2020. And you said, please don't let our black brothers and sisters bear this burden alone. They have our back, and now we have to have theirs. The struggle is real and we have to step up. Stacy is my partner and I will not stand idle. I would love to talk about, you know, what did that tweet mean?
1: So again, this, uh, you know, that, that stemmed from conversations having, you know, uh, to go back a little bit, you know, my, my, um, my tenure in the organization, uh, the number of different places I've worked with uh, friendships that I've, I've gained both, uh, you know, inside the organization and out, um, you know, uh certainly seeing that there's another side to to, to this conversation and what i what, what i tried to drive home with respect to that is we have racialized members that work with us and you know for, for i think and i'll just speak for myself i mean when you when you see uh a member that you work with you see the uniform you know that they work here you know the color or the gender doesn't necessarily for me come come to mind like it's just okay that's that person and and you deal with them however right but what, what, what I was trying to say is, listen, we got to take a step back. When we take these uniforms off, you know, a white officer it, it has a different experience than, than a black officer or a racialized officer. And, and you have to put yourselves in the shoes of those members that sit alongside you. You know, they they, they put their life on the line for, for you. You put your life on the line for them. Um, just stop and think for a minute. That, you know, is, is their lived experience outside their employment hours the same as yours? And, you, you know, we can argue that everybody's is different, but the reality is there are some Uh, Some folks that, that, you know, uh, have a a totally uh, different and, uh, um, you know, I I would say terrible lived experience just based on on gender, uh, sexual preference, uh, um, orientation, sorry, and, uh, um, you know, being racialized. So what I wanted folks was to to just kind of stop thinking about yourself, you know, and, and we do that, I think, naturally. Just be a little bit more reflective to those folks that you sit with, that you work every day, that you... Uh, you know, you treat normally and as equals. That you know, there's another part to them that that may occur when they're with families. I mean, you know, a, a racialized officer uh, may be asked, you know, you know, you're 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 a black person. What do you think about what happened to George Floyd? You know, um, thinking that they have to take a position against the police or not or wh- whatever it is. And then it's not that that you know, a, a non-racialized or a white officer would have that same uh, same discussion. But uh, you know, I would I would. Um, respectfully say it's, it's a different conversation. And, and you know, uh, Stacy shared with me the conversation she had with her family, her kids, you know, and, and um, uh, sort of not being asked to pick, but having to deal with the duality of, of loving a profession, being very successful, a thoughtful person, but then also uh, understanding from a personal level uh, the feelings of the community, right? And, and I don't have that same experience. I mean, I'm engaging these conversations all the time, but my lived experience is totally different from a, a, a black female officer. Right. And then that's the reality of it. So, uh, what, and and, you know, when, when, when I talk to people, um, and again, being around for over 30 years in the organization, we've got great people in this organization and and they're very thoughtful, all those other kind of things uh, that are important. And, and, you know, um, we we truly are, but I just wanted people to extend themselves a little bit, a little bit more, you know, when you're sitting with somebody that you know, or, or, you, you know, you work with ask what it's like, if they don't want to talk about it, fine. But, you know, maybe they want to share their experience. And in that conversation, you know, we all become a little bit more enlightened and thoughtful. And then maybe you can say, listen, I never, never knew that, uh, you know, um, that so-and-so had this experience. Maybe now, you know, you can reflect a little bit better on how members of the public might feel,
0: right? Exactly. It's like what the chief said, you know, back to what you were saying, is, it's getting to know the story. And I think a lot of us never knew the story. Um, you know, I'll share my experience with you, actually. Um, you know, at the start of the pandemic... It was very rough as a Asian person, uh, when, you know, the pandemic just started because there was a lot of, uh, um, you know, prejudice against, uh, Asians, uh, with coronavirus and things like that. And I, I was, you know, speaking to my, um, my black friends, I'm like, wow, this is horrible. You know, and this is like one, one thousandth of whatever you're feeling. And I felt it for like a second, you know, and, and, and I was comparing myself. I was like, wow, this is, this is not easy. And, um, what and now it's not as much of a big thing at least for me anymore cuz everybody has or every, it's coronavirus is everywhere right it's it's the it's a global pandemic so it's not as much anymore but you know it's still there but i guess what my point is is that um getting to know the story uh and then feeling it at the same time even at at a fraction is is just overwhelming and um i think what you're saying in terms of getting to know the store and getting to know people. And that is, is so huge. And, and, and I think that's why we're here too, because what I want to know is your story as well with, with you, as much as you say, you know, you don't have that duality. You really do. You're dealing with things with the public nonstop. This is your job. Uh, And I'm sure there's a lot of negativity that comes with, you know, with the job uh, that comes from the public or people who don't understand. And I would like to know how you deal with that personally on a mental health aspect, because you got to go home. I know you teach minor, minor league hockey, um, as well. And, you know, you need to take that away and focus on your family on, you know, on the team, uh, when they're on the ice, you know, how do you, uh, how do you deal with that? What, what's your way of, 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 I guess, either leaving it at home or dealing with it?
1: You know, so it's funny, uh, when you, when you said that, and I'm trying to think of an answer, like, you know, how do you answer a question like that? Um, a long time ago, I shared this with people that I mentor and it's something I keep on my desk. and I just pulled out to show you there's a thing that and I would encourage folks to have a look at it. If you can Google it, it's called the Four Agreements, and in that is you know they they talk about being impeccable with your word. Number two is the one that really resonates with me, and I have to think about it often. Is don't take things personally. And you know, and when when I talk to members who feel passionate about an issue, or you know, why is somebody saying this or whatever, they're not talking about necessarily the name on the chest. They don't know who you are. Again, it's maybe about the patch, it could be about the profession. So step back a bit, take a deep breath, and understand. Uh, you know, what, what, what the concern is. It's not that, that necessarily you personally have done something wrong in some instances it is. And we've got avenues and, and, and ways to deal with that, but don't be so offended by the fact that somebody is taking a position on something. I look at that as an opportunity to have that communication to maybe add some information that will inform the person that, the you know, to maybe change their mind or look at ways to, 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 you know, deal with the, 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 the issue, um, that's there. So, uh, you know, the, the the big thing is about, um, you know, it's hard, you know, trying to even try to explain this, that you, you, you want to take things first because you care about it, but at the same respect, make sh- understand that a lot of times these criticisms are not about individual people. It's about systemic issues. It's about organizational issues uh, that just don't make sense for people. And sometimes frankly, don't even make sense for us anymore. And I think just that little, that little shift in perspective, um, you know, uh, I've seen people that's kind of a light switch is on So you know what, that, that kind of gives me an out. I don't have to be positioned and entrenched in something. Um, you know, you, uh, yourself can see, you know, how, how things are, are uh, can be done a little bit differently. And the other, you know, the other one is don't make assumption, uh, assumptions and always do your best. It's a simple, you know, maybe a corny little thing, but I keep it right here because, you know, uh, sometimes I have to remind myself it's not about me and they're not, the, the questions aren't about my conduct and that it's about you know, largely uh, uh, bigger issues. So, you know, that's sort of how I've managed it. Uh, and, and I've had to learn the hard ways because you, know, you start out, you're stubborn, you think you know everything, and you get out of police college and, and you know the laws, uh, you know, um, but you don't know the gray areas, right? And, and yeah. you, can't, you can't understand sometimes um, because you haven't had that lived experience is how somebody could think or believe that. And you have to find out why, right? And a lot of times it makes sense from, from where they sit and, and, communication dialogue can, can shift everybody's perspective into a more common area. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's no panacea, it's not the, the, um, the solution to everything, but that's sort of how I deal with it, that, uh, you know, I don't take things personally. Listen, we all know, if somebody is trying to attack you personally, you feel it inside, and that's yeah. when you have to now, okay, uh, you, you do things a little bit differently, but the vast majority of times, criticisms towards the police are, are not, uh, you know, pinpointed to an individual. And, and,
0: and so I was going to say, do you know how I look at it? I, I uh, first off preach, Rob, you're saying amazing things right now. Um, one, what I, I look at it almost, I did the entertainment for 20 years, you know, from acting, singing, dancing. Um, and if nobody's telling me or critiquing me, then something is wrong, right. you know? And, and that's how I look at it with any critique that happens, uh, in any profession, because if nobody's saying anything, then there's an issue here. Um, and I think the fact that obviously we see that people are putting opinions out because of obviously anger and and issues that are happening but also you know what other people don't really understand again this goes back to not taking it personal is they're looking at from a growth perspective like you said this is an opportunity to be better at at what we all do whether it's communication whether it's how we are more uh, proactive rather than reactive and things like that so that that's how I'm seeing you speak about it with those uh what again the four agreements or the four Amazing. Well, you better send me that because I'm gonna need that whenever I get in. A- it's all
1: over the internet. I've got it's all in color now. I've got this thing. I've had this for probably 15 years. I carry it around everywhere. You know, every place that I've worked, it's the first thing I put on my blotter because, um, and I share it with with folks just to say, listen, give yourself a a help. Like, divest yourself from uh, taking it personally uh, if you have an opportunity. Because, and then once you start looking into that perspective, it's funny how, for for me anyway, I see things a little a, a little bit differently you know, okay, let's, let's, let's try to resolve this together. Right. I, I understand what you're saying. Hopefully you can understand what I'm saying. If not, let's, let's find, you know, the commonalities in this. And, and a lot of times, uh, again, it's, you know, just quickly as, as, as a comparison police oversight, you know, there, there are a number of agencies that over oversee uh, the police conduct and they overlap to some extent, but uh, by, by and large, the, the, the public doesn't understand, um, uh, each role and the limitations in each role, and I tell you, even inside organizationally, members sometimes have a hard time understanding. So it's a convoluted area, and and you know when you don't get the result that that you expect, um, you think it, it may be because of, of uh, a bias or something else. And I'm not saying that there isn't. Uh, you know, that's that's a, a discussion for another day. But part of that is also a, a communication piece around you know what what the limitations of these systems are, and is there a way you know to to, to look at that a little bit differently as opposed to intent on making sure that, you know, officers are not held uh, held to account, right? It, it, the intent is to make sure that officers are held to account um, with the systems that have been um, designed uh, for that, right? And, and uh, um, you know, around police accountability, members of the police officers obviously get, um, get their back up at that because, you know, they don't come to work to try to do bad things. Sometimes bad things happen, but, you know, sometimes they believe that the public thinks they get away with everything, right? And uh, so it's one of those those things that, you know, that conversation around police conduct and misconduct is something where members have to not, you know, take it personal, step back and look at it from, from a community perspective, right?
0: Absolutely. I mean, um, one of the things actually I forgot to bring up, and I, I've heard that not many people are doing this, but you're in the, the Wellesley Institute uh, and uh, or, or working with a program with them. I'd love for you to talk about what that is and, and, and why it's, um, I guess, uh, a need or, or something that's different for, for the organization?
1: So um, uh, I'm just trying to think, you know, how, how to sort of say this to you in, in, in a way that um, kind of makes sense. And then the reason I'm struggling a little bit is because um, I was kind of just told I was going to partake in this. Uh, you know, I'm so grateful that I've been allowed to do this. And I've had one meeting with, with uh, uh, you know, the, the mentor that they've assigned me and it's, it's been unbelievable. I uh, an hour and a half, um uh with him and, and um it was just a discussion sort of like this thing and, and yeah, there are three or four more that are set up unfortunately the last couple have been canceled because of conflicts in, in both schedules so uh, I, I just got a taste of it and and uh, I'm, I'm excited about how that is going to help to develop me as a leader um you know as well as personally about seeing things uh, from a from a different perspective and and you know i think that's what they're 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 going to offer uh, offer us those that have been uh, fortunate enough to be able to take the training but you know personally it's an uh, exciting experience to be involved with you know a, a group of, of folks that are as thoughtful and and um, uh you know have the credibility that they have so it's amazing amazing opportunity uh, i just want more more of it and uh, I, I can't wait for it right so it's re- it's early on like i said I, other than the introduction, sure. i've had one session um and it it, um, it was enlightening
0: that, that's amazing so you know for the people that don't have these resources or you know are, are unfortunate enough and it sounds like you have a very high you know emotional intelligence as well you know stepping back from the situation For the people that don't and, and don't have these resources what would you recommend that they do in order to i guess open up you
1: No, know, that's a tough one because if you don't know what resources are available some people um uh, have access to nothing because they're just not aware and it's about finding those those system navigators in in you know uh, in society that are be able to help people along with, like you, you know, new immigrants who may have, uh, uh, you know, can't speak the language and then maybe feel isolated. You know, how, how does somebody like that access that their, their basic needs are to feed, look after their families and you know, how do they develop, um, you know, the, the emotional intelligence and most kind of things. You know, I think most people are are, are thoughtful and through communication with people who on, on every side of the spectrum, I mean, you've got, uh, you know, people all over, all over the map on, on on certain positions. I think if, if you, you um, Encourage an opportunity to to engage in dialogue and not with extremists. I mean, you know, you, uh, that that's a lost cause because there, there's no dialogue. It's, it's 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 all sort of one-sided. Um, you, you know, you can get that kind of um, um, uh, training or or uh, development just by talking with other people, right? Yeah. We all have different stories, different experiences, um, and and through through talking about those things, we all get better. Right? We learn little things and. And we say you know uh, how to problem solve like you know how, how do people manage family issues and all those other kind of things mental health is, is a huge issue for us now uh both internally and externally always has been always will be um you know and that discussion is around what it is the police can and can't do should or shouldn't do um but we have to talk to people who are engaged in, in, in you know in dealing with that which includes People that lived experience. We can't forget about the the end user, and we have because. Absolutely. I don't think it's intentional, but you know, um, um, uh, we have to engage everybody. And so I think you know, if, you, if people who don't have those resources, um, formal training is great, and, and you know, having experts kind of quickly guide you through things is is, is obviously beneficial. But just by you know being alive, I think, and, and being open and receptive to uh, uh, different points of view, different conversations, I think evolves us all individually. Um, you
0: know, to Absolutely. And, and, and I absolutely agree. And to finish this up, I want to bring back to young Rob and present Rob with the jean jacket from the eighties. I want to talk about your awesome style, but that comes with that is what fuels you, you know, what excites you to do this job every day? You know, it, is it a personal thing? Is it a story? I don't know what it is, but what is that thing that Lets you push through all the press, all the things that you you know that, that weigh heavy on you to continue to help people
1: so the first thing the jean jacket is a story, you know anybody who grew up in the '80s, everybody had a Levi jean jacket, and I made the mistake of wearing that to work one day. I think I was probably even off duty, attended headquarters here, and I ran into Megan Gray who's uh, works in our corporate communications, and she's never let me forget that uh, you know kind of like the the throwback to the 80s. unfortunately, I never had the hair that matched the uh, <laughs> uh, the look, but I certainly have the jean jacket and I still have it. And the, the funny thing is, my daughter, he's 24 years old, uh, uh, took it and still wears it. And, you know, that's I'm, what I, we
0: do. That's what we do. I stole yeah. all my dad's stuff. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and you're wearing one there, you're you're rocking it there. So uh, that's where I'm the jean jacket. But, uh, um, you know, with respect to, um, you know, how do I keep going or why do I do what I do? It's because, you know, every day it's been, uh, I mean, listen, I, I've, I've worked in a number of different areas and we all have bad days, but overwhelmingly, uh, they've been great days. And it's because of not only people inside the organization, people in the uh, in the public, uh, the community that you're able to uh, that I've been able to interact with. You know, and I, I have to believe, and I do believe that i I, I helped people, um, you know, even if it's a small thing, uh, I've made a difference in somebody's life, and that's that's what, what keeps me going, um, you know and and, and motivates me. And I see all the good work, things that people selfishly do inside um, this organization, this profession. But also from the community, how we can all come together to, to to make us all better, to to you know solve these these issues that uh, cause us all concern. That's that's why I get up uh, every day. You know, this job has been uh, so amazing, being, exper- being able to experience so many different things that I, I could never imagine. And unlike you know some people, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but I never grew up wanting to be a police officer. It was something I did at last minute. Again, that's a story for another day. Not really last minute, but. I didn't have any preconceived notions about what this would be. I never, I knew it wouldn't be like TV and I wasn't looking for that. But, um, and I think because I came into it kind of eyes wide open with no expectations that I've enjoyed every experience, good and bad, uh, you know, as I've moved along in, in the organization. And, and, you know, just to kind of now, you know, after sort of three decades in, into this profession, look around to see people are still coming uh, to join this profession and still they show up with a, with a vim and vigor to, to go out there and make a difference Uh uh, you know, in the lives of, of community as well as themselves, and and you know, other members of, of the organization is, is what fuels me. It's just that sense of belonging, teamwork. I mean, you mentioned coaching hockey. Um, I like I like things that are teamwork. I mean, I, you know, uh, in, you're only as as, as good as the, the folks that are around you. When you have a team, no matter where it is and how it's um, uh, you know how it's how it's made up, um, it's amazing the things you can can accomplish. So, I, absolutely, you know, I. I uh, I fell into this. I love it, and I would encourage anybody who's considering a, a challenging, rewarding career. It's not going to be easy, but um, you know, good things never are. So, uh, it, it's, it's been great.
0: I'm, oh, I'm glad to have you on my team right now to have this dialogue and this conversation. Um, but Rob, is uh, is there anything you want to say to, I guess, everybody out there listening, uh, whether it's the public, whether it's your fellow teammates? What do you want to say?
1: Uh, you know, just uh, first of all, thank you guys for this opportunity to be able to just to, to, to speak one on one with this and. Um, you know uh, uh, my goal is to be able to uh you know have folks members of the community feel comfortable with the police um uh, and i know that's a hard thing because you know we sometimes haven't deserved it haven't earned it we've made mistakes um you know and and, and it's a um, something that we've got to just keep trying to, trying to do better so you know i would encourage people to get to know their 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 police officers no matter where you live uh you know across the country or, or anywhere in the world for that that matter and, and be involved with with your policing organizations, you know, there's a number of committees that that folks can uh, volunteer on There's There's a whole bunch of different ways that you can inform the discussion around that. And and it's important to, uh, you know, to make us better. So I, I, again, just be part of the team, you know, just uh, ask questions, uh, continue to be there and, 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 you know, together we get, we get better. Thank you so much, Rob. 24 shades of blue. We're out.